Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. You know, I think it's a, it, with him, it's the same with Anthony Barr. We would love to have them, have them both back. The question is, is where is the market going to go, and can we afford them? Uh, if we can afford them, we're going to bring them back. And uh, if we can't afford them, then we're going to have to move on, unfortunately. I would like to start today's Purple Daily show by just saying this. What? I know. What? <laughs> I think I nearly crashed into a snowbank on my way in, reacting to the Anthony Barr news. I mean, that's we always have one or two players in free agency who back out of a verbal commitment, if you want to call it that, during the legal tampering period. And beyond that, nothing's final until 3 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. But man, this is surprising because right now, the Vikings have no money. So clearly, in order for something to happen, the wheels are in motion. And for all those people who think the front office isn't doing anything, well, this is it's pretty evident that they are. So if you have not been on Twitter and you have the radio on now and you're confused at why we're yelling at such a loud tone, <laughs> the reason is because Anthony Barr is coming back. Yesterday, Anthony Barr was reported to be going to the New York Jets. That has reversed course, and Albert Breer just tweeted out that Barr is going to return to Minnesota for around $13.5 million per year, which I think is a little less than we thought, and it's less than the franchise tag. Of course, the Vikings are wizards with the salary cap, so it will be fascinating to see how that deal is structured and how the Vikings were able to bring back Anthony Barr. I am excited already for whenever in OTAs or workouts that we get to talk to Anthony Barr about what happened with the New York Jets because as of yesterday, it appeared he was going there to fulfill his dream as a 3-4 outside linebacker that he had talked about with you and I several different times. And then all of a sudden here today, Anthony Barr will be back. I've got a theory that it was my article that I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like, said they were going to miss him so much, and clearly they read it, and they're like, shoot, we really do miss him. Yeah, Let's or, bring him back. Or, or Anthony read it and said, you know, maybe you've got a point. Now, <laughs> I, I don't think that either one of those things is likely, but there was a lot of questions for people about him going to be this 3-4 outside linebacker and rushing the passer against tackles, and also you're going to an organization that has been on – Rocky ground for quite some time with a head coach who 
already had a very weird press conference and I'm not sure is long for the Jets already and uh, uh, Adam Gase as opposed to a team here in Minnesota that's been very stable with its front office and its head coach. And even if Anthony Barr and Mike Zimmer have butted heads at times, when a coach makes you a four-time Pro Bowler with the role that he's selected for you, I mean, I, I think that he's done a lot of things right with Anthony Barr. We've said, look, his success is so high with the pass rush, of course he should be rushing the passer a lot. But... Zimmer usually doesn't get these things wrong, and I think with Anthony Barr, he got it right to want him back. And if it's $13.5 million, that's a very reasonable price for Anthony Barr. And you can, as we were talking about before the show started, with what his cap hit could be in 2019, this is a brand new deal. So you can push those numbers down the line and save yourself and not handicap yourself any further in free agency, but you still... At the moment, they're under $9 million in cap space. You still have to free up something to be able to pay him that figure and be able to make this thing work. Now, what you bring up with Anthony Barr as a pass rusher, last offseason during free agent or during training camp, we saw him with the defensive line and getting more into that rotation. And our friend Mike Renner over at PFF pointed out that he only lined up against an outside tackle and excuse me, an offensive tackle and rushed the passer, you know, off the you know, off the edges like an outside player forty six times last season. So we haven't seen him do it that much. Maybe that somehow factored into Maybe not wanting to go to the Jets because I know that Greg Williams, yeah, he's known for the, his four three scheme. But Adam Gates has kind of made it clear that they're going to stay in a four three in a three four defense. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's been the case with the Jets since two thousand six. I think we've talked about it here before that maybe it's not the best thing for Anthony Barr to be in that role full time as an outside rushing linebacker. I don't know. Like, I mean. They, I think it was really interesting yesterday, and you could tell that the ink was not dry when they didn't release the figures of his deal. We saw what C.J. Mosley was going to make. We saw what other players who were uh, pegged to the Jets were going to make. We didn't hear anything about Anthony Barr. And as you mentioned, this is one of those stand-on-the-table guys from Mike Zimmer. This is one of the ones that, you know, it's like they fight like father and son. The comments about him coasting in 2016 and then Zimmer calling a press conference to talk about fake trade rumors that did not exist in August saying Anthony Barr is unequivocally not being traded. Clearly, he is a staple of this defense. He wants him here long term that he is a part of the plan. And I don't think Mike Zimmer was going to stand by quietly as his defense was getting ripped apart by free agency. So that is the most likely scenario here because now it is reported that the Vikings upped their offer mm-hmm. that they had some sort of offer on the table for Anthony Barr to stay. And then when the jets came in higher, so I guess all Vikings players just use the jets to get more money out of the Vikings like Kirk cousins did last year. But that that is now the report that's coming out is that Barr had agreed to sign with the jets, but then the Vikings came back with the amount of money that um, he was looking for from the Vikings mm-hmm. and he decides to stay I think it's a, a a better position for Anthony Barr to be in on one of the top defenses where he's a captain of this team and where he's been for years and knows the Mike Zimmer defense and has been highly lauded across the league to get those Pro Bowl appearances. And even though he seemed like he was frustrated at times with his role, he's had a lot of success here. And as we talk about you know the draft picks for Rick Spielman, 
this one now signing a second contract looks a lot better yeah. for Rick Spielman and the Vikings in their draft history that Barr has decided not to go to the New York Jets and to stay with the Minnesota Vikings. So, wow, was yeah. that a big change like three minutes before we went on here, but Barr is coming back. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point to interrupt you really quick. You mentioned about how this makes Rick Spielman look in terms of his draft picks. Take a look at the first round picks that he's had over the last few years. Matt, since he took over as GM, you know, full time, twenty twelve. Matt Khalil, Sharif Floyd, Anthony Barr, Trey Waynes, Laquan Bust. Like, I mean, in Mike Hughes, those are his draft picks at the at the Did first. Call Laquan Bust. Yes. Wow. And um, but I mean. Look at that. Look at that history right there. Matt Khalil, where is he? Not on the Vikings. Where is Sharif Floyd? Recovering from a very bad knee surgery. Like, the, and he will never play football again. Anthony, I mean, we Trey Waynes is probably not on this roster next year. He very well might not be on the roster this year if they can't get a, if they try to continue to move money off the books and move these players off the books. Maybe it's Trey Waynes as trade bait. And Laquan Treadwell has not panned out. And he probably won't pan out, despite what Gary Kubiak says about having big plans for him. So this is really good. This is a really good sign for Rick Spielman to be able to have one of his first rounders back and pan out and still on this roster. Okay, so as Barr comes back at an extremely high price, the question is then now what is next? Mm -hmm. Because it would seem that there has to be another move. I would assume that Anthony Harris is going to sign his tender and so is uh, Rashad Rashad Hill. Hill, and, And that will be the amount that they stay on that it's not going to be a long-term contract extension for either one of them. So that's like $3 million and $2 million. And they were already very close to the cap. They had about 15 And then those guys are going to sign their tender to put them even, you know, lower, like at like 11 or $10 million, somewhere in that range. That means there has to be some type of move to create more cap space, especially since the Minnesota Vikings at this moment have no guards. They have no one playing guard at all. No, they got Danny Isadora. Isadora. That's it. That's it. No one else is playing guard. And Billy Turner. Can you believe Billy Turner? The amount of money he just got. $11 million a year, which is insane for Billy Turner. The draft is, of course, an option still. But I think that there has to be a subsequent move here. What does that what does that mean? Does that mean Everson Griffin is released or traded? Does it mean Trey Wayans is released or traded? Does it mean Kyle Rudolph could go? Certainly an odd situation with Kyle Rudolph saying that the team hadn't approached him mm-hmm. when there had been reports including from you that they had. Uh, I mean, it, that whole uh, relationship there is kind of odd between Rudolph and the Vikings right now. What what do we put in percentage wise? You want to do a pie chart? Oh, you know how good I am at pie charts. Yes, you're great. This is I, anybody who gets that joke. Thank you. Um, let me. That means you've been I'll, listening to Purple Podcast for a long time. If you get, I'm going to get, get a piece chart, of paper jokes. out so okay. I can draw the pie chart accurately. Because what I want is a pie chart of likeliness for one of those players to be gone to create more cap space. Okay. So your candidates are Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes, Kyle Rudolph, and other. Other. I don't know what other is. Other would be like some sort of shocking move that we didn't see coming. Like, like they, Riley Reef. Well, yeah, yeah. Like Reef or they trade Stefan Diggs. That's not I mean it's not gonna happen, but that's under other. So Wayne's Rudolph, Griffin, other. Okay, let me draw my circle. All right, circle's been drawn. I am going to put a sixty percent 
this is about 60% chance that Griffin is gone. Wow, 60%. I'll go now because I think that, you know, if there are terms of a restructure that are out there and that if he's been presented with it, the fact that it hasn't happened yet gives me pause that it will happen at all. Um, I do think that if he, you know, Andre Patterson's a guy who he's been with his entire time in Minnesota. And to me, that's somebody who has his ear. If if he understands, okay, this is what we can give you now. And eventually you're going to kind of take on that Brian Robeson role. And that's what you're going to mold into. I think he could be the one to get through to him about taking a pay cut uh, potentially with the restructure. I mean, the other thing you can do with his restructure is convert his salary into a signing bonus. and You can release him after next year. But at his age right now, I think his options are probably a little bit more limited than, yeah. than the market might command. I mean, yeah. of course, everybody needs pass rushers. Um, I do think that that is the logical way of looking at it. So I'll put Griffin at 60%. All right, that gives me 40% to work with. I just need to do my math. Um, let's go... Twenty-five percent that Wayne's is traded. Oh, this is great! Someone, right. someone just retweeted this into my feed that like the Vikings overpaid for Anthony Barr. He did nothing well with the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got eighty-five percent total. And Damian, then... Damian Woody, who's with ESPN now, former lineman, says, "Are the Jets getting a comp- uh, compensatory pick for Anthony Barr or not?" That's funny. That's very funny. Well, I mean. It, the Anthony Barr era will never be forgotten with the New York Jets, just like the Kirk Cousins you, era. Are you are you doing calculations yes, on your I phone right now? This is just supposed to be a pie chart. How it do you adds th- up to 100. This isn't that hard. I have to get the math correct. Um, I'm giving 10% that Rudolph restructures, given the comments. I, think he, I mean, I still think he's on this team regardless next year, unless they want to rip up his deal and give him an entire new deal. But I just don't think that's probably the smartest thing for the Vikings to do. I uh, will say this. The uh, Anthony Barr era of the New York Jets was not nearly as long as the uh, Bill Belichick era of the uh, Oh, yeah, that's Jets. true. Or the Belichick um, era was much longer. Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis. Do you think Anthony <laughs> Barr wrote that he's not coming there on a napkin? That would <laughs> be, be total savage move. Okay, so I have my pie chart ready. Are you ready? Okay, yeah, it's, finally. I mean, it's live been like eight minutes. It. It's hard. Math is hard. I have a 60% chance as of right now that Griffin's going to be facing face with the restructure, and if he doesn't take it, they'll cut him. 25% chance that Trey Waynes will be traded or released. 10% chance of Kyle Rudolph not being there. I just think that given, as what we said, the comments last few days, the lack of the lack of communication that we've, you know, the comments that we've heard out there, that's probably unrealistic. And then a 5% chance of other. So, okay. that all adds up what, to 100. One by one. It surprises me that Everson is that high because of Mike Zimmer and his relationship with Everson Griffin, that if Zimmer's relationship with Anthony Barr pushed the front office to raise their offer to bring back Anthony Barr, then I would think he would wield power with trying to get Griffin to return. And we also know that Andre Patterson has influence. Yeah. And I, I wonder if Andre Patterson could talk Everson Griffin into restructuring a deal. And usually restructuring a deal works out okay for the player. Yeah, they, they you, end get, up the, with you more get the money. money up front because of the signing bonus. It just might mean that they delete years off your contract um, and with, send you to free agency. With Trey Waynes, uh, another thing with like cornerbacks and with Mike Zimmer, that he loves his cornerbacks. 
He's brought up Trey Waynes over the years. I'm not sure that he's sold on Waynes for the long term, but at least for next year, this man really loves his cornerback. So I'd be surprised if they decided to trade him away unless they were going to draft a corner in the first or something. Well, I don't think you put that past a high draft pick spent on a corner, but it also depends how you feel about your cornerback depth. Are you are you certain that Xavier Rhodes is going to be healthy and be able to play 16 games next year. Are you sure Mike Hughes, because we don't really have a timetable on when he's set to return, are you yeah. sure that he'll be able to be back uh, at some point? And, and what about Holton Hill? I yeah. mean, can you is that jump from year one to year two going to be as great as you expect it to be? So that all comes into consideration. I think Griffin's the easiest here in cutting somebody who's going to be 30, who's 31 years old, and is getting up there in age, and his production took a dip last season. Not saying it can't get back to 2017 level, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to guarantee that. Well, yeah, and that's the reason. those are all the reasons why you wouldn't trade Waynes. Because if you're talking about um, you know, Mike Hughes coming back and mm-hmm. trying to be certain that he can fill in there, you're not even sure of his health. And we, with Pat Elfline last year, we thought, oh, he'll be back by training camp. And he wasn't back until week four. So the recoveries, you're never really entirely sure about. And with Holton Hill, it's a good point that he did play well, but that does not mean that he's necessarily going to be able to step up next year and do what Trey Waynes has done. An average NFL corner is a pretty good NFL corner, I think. There's So there's a point there. Um, so uh, Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune says that the Vikings have submitted a restructured contract offer to Everson Griffin. So to your point about uh, you know that that possibility mm-hmm. of him going if he does not accept that restructured contract then they might have to find an alternative. Yeah. And, and you can. You you might be using a first round pick to do it, but you can find an alternative. If you want to give us a call to react to this insane news that Anthony Barr is coming back to Minnesota after being reported to the New York Jets, 651-646-8255 is the number, 651-646-8255. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin here. And uh, we're going to talk with Robert Mays of The Ringer in a few minutes. There's also other moves to talk about. Latavius Murray signs with New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater is staying with New Orleans. Sheldon Richardson is moving on. The Vikings did uh, sign Shamar Stefan to bring him back from Seattle, but Anthony Barr returning is the big story of today. So we'll come back. We'll talk with Robert Mays, and I want to ask you next, Courtney, is it worth it? Is it worth $14 million, or could they have replaced Anthony Barr for cheaper with Eric Wilson or somebody else on the market. We will continue to discuss big news just before the show coming down. Barr returns to the Vikings. We'll be back here on Purple Daily. We got new players. It's free agency time. Free agent. It's Vikings free agency time. What's free about it? We're talking about it. I don't know where I'm going. Where are you going? We are going deep. deep. Rumors. Rumors. Speculation. Speculation. Scenarios. Scenarios. Guesses. Guesses. Thoughts. Thoughts. Wishes. Wishes. Deals. Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. It's free agency season. Where are you going to? On Score North. Call me. The heart wants what it wants. Minnesota sports. Will you accept this website? Absolutely, I will. (laughs) Scorenorth.com. All right, back here on Purple Daily. If you haven't heard and you're just getting in your car, 
say, going to lunch, and you're saying, what am I going to have for lunch? I'm downtrodden about the Vikings not doing anything, so maybe I'll eat something really gross and fatty. That's what happens <laughs> with me. If, I, if like it's a bad day, I'm like, meatball sub. That's what I'm going with. Anytime I have a cold, I eat nothing but wings and pizza. Just like, I'm fe- I feel terrible. Does that clear up your sinuses? No, I just I feel just bad, feel worse. and I want to eat something delicious. Um, I am under heavy scrutiny here online. So are you. I didn't include enough eyeball emojis when the news broke. I just clicked it a bunch of times and then went to start working on our website. But uh, I only hit four or five, and it should have been like ten eyeball emojis. And your pie chart is hilariously bad. So not your percentages, but like the math at the bottom. And just <laughs> I how drew it, it the best I could. Good. But uh, if that happened to you, if you were feeling down about the Vikings not doing anything, well, they did something. Anthony Barr is coming back. They convinced him to return for around $14 million per year to come back. And nothing is official until Wednesday, so he could always change his mind again. But uh, it had been reported yesterday that he was going to the New York Jets. Now, the big question here, Courtney, is not does Anthony Barr fit with the defense and is he worth it for the defense to be good? It's where could you have spent $14 million other dollars? That is the real question. Should it have been on an offensive lineman? Juwan James signed for about 12. Should it have been on a wide receiver? Golden Tate is still on the market. I think that's going to be the question that we ask about this. Not is Anthony Barr good? He's good. He's a pro bowler. He's versatile. He's a smart player. He's a captain. Calls out the defense. Like, he's good. But $14 million, this is all a formula of cap space. That's the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Like, is he a good quarterback? Yes. But with the cap space, is that worth it? It's always the question. So that is my question to you. Is Anthony Barr worth fourteen? million dollars that could have been spent in other places. Well, they don't have money to go after a free agent guard right now. Nope. And that is... This does prevent you from having to use a high draft pick to get Anthony Barr's replacement, which we've talked about. True. You can't just replace Anthony Barr with a first-rounder. What What? What am draft I missing? Draft sim. No, draft sim. You want to draft we, sim we right now? To, we need to do one because I drafted a linebacker last time assuming that Anthony Barr was gone. Sure. I mean, we can we can eventually get to one. Yeah. I will I will pull but one up once I, just, I can I'm, start breathing again. Yeah, I'm just thinking um, like this is this is a perfect opportunity for draft sim. But yeah. to your point, I'm draft simming. I, you know, I was just I, I can't was, wait for you. I was just talking with a source a few minutes ago being like who just pointed out to me they have no money for their offensive line. It's nope. not going to happen in free agency. So I guess as of right now, if you're going to be spending 13.5 as Albert Breer um, had pointed out that that's what Barr is commanding from Minnesota and that they sweetened their offer last night, then you're probably not getting Roger Saffold. You're probably not getting Matt Paradis. Definitely you're probably not. not going after any of these bigger name free agents. Um, I do think they do re-sign Nick Easton. From my understanding, there is no deal done yet, but from the internal part of that, they want him back. Uh, so that does fix a cog on your offensive line, but this puts them in a huge bind with what they want to do um, in terms of the future of the offensive line in free agency. And this, to me, points as a this is going to the draft. I'm very conflicted because I wrote at our website scorenorth.com that he would be very hard to replace, and I agree with myself that he would be extremely hard to replace. And I just wrote that it's the right move to bring him back. Because I think in order to win, they're still going to have to have a really good defense. He's more valuable than just the PFF grades, than just the sack numbers. And Mike Zimmer has made that very clear to us over the years of exactly how he is much more valuable than uh, even people understand. So those things are important. But 
when we're talking about the money that has to be spent. I've been looking at this number three wide receiver position, wanting the Vikings to sign someone in free agency, a number of very good wide receivers who are out there to spend the money there, to spend the money on the offensive line, which now is going to drive people insane. Like Vikings fans, uh, I think, are happy that Anthony Barr is back, but also at the same time, maybe beside themselves, that they're not going to sign a lineman. Now, buyer beware with linemen. Like, is Billy Turner worth $11 Probably not. Jawan James probably was worth what he's going to get from the Broncos. Mitch Morse is probably worth it. The offensive lineman who went to the Bills for about $11 million a year. He's a center. And you just don't know how a rookie is going to step in and be able to play. Or if Nick Easton comes back to 100% mm-hmm. because he spent the entire year out with a bulging disc last year. So there are, are going to be plenty of questions going into this year on the offensive line again, which I don't think anyone really wanted. Um, but that, it looks like now, is going to be the case. And that is the thing that it has me very conflicted. Because my offseason plan, as soon as the season ended, I created an offseason plan just for fun. Because I was watching playoffs and doing nothing else. And my offensive plan was stack everything you can around Kirk Cousins. That's not going to happen now. No, they don't have the money to go after the weapons they need, it's especially if they're not going to be able to restructure Kyle Rudolph. To be able to get another tight end in there is going to be incredibly difficult in free agency. Um, nearly impossible, I, w- I think, is where you could put that and categorize that. Um, they don't have money for another wide receiver. They don't have money for you know a backup running back. I mean, those are all things that they're going to have to probably address during the draft. And on top of that, with your offensive line, you know, for for all intents and purposes, being the biggest priority, you don't have money to spend in free agency. If you want to keep Anthony Barr, I still think you're overpaying. I really do. As we've talked about, he is hard to replace, but I don't think the value of a 4-3 outside linebacker in this scheme needs to be where $13.5 million is. I don't think that. I think that you could have a rotation at that position. You can have guys you know, who are better at covering on the back end that maybe rotate in there. Maybe you get somebody higher in the draft, but I just don't think that tying yourself, you know, I like Anthony Barr as a player. I think he's a very good player. I think that as an off-ball linebacker, that's his best role. Probably better than being a 3-4 outside linebacker where you rush the passer because maybe maybe he realized that that's not his best fit. Minnesota is the place where his heart is. It's the place where he's been since he's been drafted. Mike Zimmer has time and again gone to bat for this guy. And, you know, I just don't think that the money, though, where we're seeing this type of money go, that that to me seems a little a little ridiculous. Oh, I'm so conflicted. Oh, we have Robert Mays from The Ringer on the line now. So that means that... Hi, Robert. How are you? Good. I regret to inform you I have no pie charts. So I feel oh, no pie charts. Can we hang up on this guy? Anyone could do it better than Courtney. That's the best part. That's why <sighs> That's she's constantly true. forced on the podcast on the show to do it. So I'm glad you're here, Robert, because you and Courtney get to grade my draft simulation... Uh, Anthony Barr is back version. Okay. So I drafted Garrett Bradbury with the first pick, Irv Smith with the second pick, and Riley Ridley with the third pick. Grade my draft, everyone. Decent. Uh, I think it depends on a few things. Does, is, uh, 
Kyle Rudolph back in this scenario, or is he the one that goes? I, I don't remember the percentage, but it seems like he was a little bit further down the priority list. He was, at, he was at 10% because of some of the comments that have come out the last few days that he hasn't been approached, allegedly, about a restructure, but he would be willing to take one. In my opinion, he's going to want a brand new deal altogether, which I don't think is the smartest financially for the Vikings to rip up what he has. I think converting what he has right now as a salary into a signing bonus and maybe deleting a few years off that, that's probably the way I would go with it. I'm still taking a tight end, though. So, so you're still taking a tight end? So because they don't really have a number two option right now, right? I mean, who would be the second tight end? It's still, uh, yeah, it, David Morgan, but he's a blocking tight end. And my theory here, yeah, Robert, exactly. is if you're not going to spend any money in free agency to help Kirk Cousins, then you have to spend all of your draft to help him. I don't. I think I like that. And it doesn't seem like they're willing to break the bank on any interior offensive linemen, which... That would make sense with the Bradbury thing. I don't know where Elfline goes in this scenario or if Bradbury goes to guard, but I think those are the right sorts of pieces. I don't know. I, I'd give you something around like a B, a B plus. B plus? None okay. of those guys kind of – yeah, I, I'm not blown away by any of those people. I like Bradbury, but I think that your head's in the right place. <laughs> All right, we're talking with Robert Mays uh, of The Ringer here. So what do you make of this? Uh, $14 million for Anthony Barr, and what we were just discussing is, okay w- – Anthony Barr fits really well in this defense. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, and they've had uh, a top defense every year since he's been here, but it's $14 million for a linebacker, and that money now can't go to another receiver. That money can't go to a lineman. That money can't go to other things. So what do you make of that deal for him to come back? There's a ton of stuff to unpack here, in my opinion. I think the first thing, is just how attractive an environment Minnesota has built for its players. Because for him to come back after agreeing with the Jets and probably take a less just to stay, because he wants to be a part of that organization, and this is something that I've had, you know, I've talked with you guys about in the past, I and mean, it's why they built that gorgeous facility. It's everything that they want is to build a place that their players want to be. And that's why you can get Stefan Diggs on that contract and Daniel Hunter on a deal contract. So that's the first thing. It's not surprising to me that Barr would want to be there. When we talk about the value of it, it's tough just because the market has been reset so recently. I mean, we live in a world where C.J. Mosley's making $17 million as an off-ball linebacker a year. Quan Alexander reset the market yesterday, and he's coming off a torn ACL. So I'll be curious to see what happens next. What's the next domino to fall? Because I feel like for Barr to get the most out of that value, he has to do more rushing the passer than he probably has in the past. And if Everson Griffin, per se, is not there next season and Barr does get more snaps on the edge, is that a way that they kind of recoup this? Because I think that you've seen his struggles in coverage as of late. And if you're going to struggle as a linebacker in coverage and not rush the passer, then it's hard to get much value out of that guy. So if that can happen on the latter end this year in the ways that it hasn't happened in years past, I think it's easier to justify it. Well, when I look at this, and I look at $13.5 million, and right now they're, what, just under $9 million in the cap, maybe just over 8 wherever you want to put them, this, to me, further hinders what they're going to be able to do with their offensive line in free agency. You're not going to be able to pay Roger Saffold. You're not getting Matt Paradis. You're not getting any of these other free agent guards. And I know the free agent guard market isn't great. There are not a lot of big names out there that you'd be willing to overpay for, and guys who are you know approaching 30 31 years old, like Roger Saffold. Um, This, to me, though, I don't know how you fix your offensive line now because you're not going to address it in free agency. And if you have to restructure Griffin or cut him all together, 
that first round pick is probably going to an edge rusher. I mean, do you see it that same way or do you see other ways that they're going to be able to tinker with the offensive line? Because it just seems that, yes, this is a luxury pick for them to be able to have Anthony Barr. Yes, he is a staple, but that money, by all intents and purposes, should probably have been allocated elsewhere. Do you see it that way? Yes. I mean, I don't think I would have done it. I definitely would not have spent the money this way. I'm just trying to sink into their logic in doing it and how they're going to try to get the most out of it now that it's a certainty. But if it was up to me, this isn't how I would have spent it. I mean, even if you don't dig into the free agency pool necessarily, look at how creative other teams have gotten in going out to get offensive linemen. I mean, a guy like Kevin Zeitler and Clutch Assembly weren't available in free agency, but both the Jets and the Giants understood that and tried to do something a little bit different to get those guys. Now, you don't even have the money to pay an expensive guard in free agency if you want to go out and get them via trade. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think the most important thing for them to do this offseason was to fix that offensive line. It wasn't to retain the linebacking core that made their defense pretty good last year. And now you're not going to be able to do it. But now we live in a world where that's no longer an option, it seems. So I think that now it's just a matter of figuring out how you can get the most of it. You know, uh, this reminds me of like the meme where you know the guy's looking over his shoulder at the other girl, and the other girl in this case is literally any other position than offensive line and Rick Spielman, right? <laughs> like just anything other than offensive line, and that's what drives Vikings fans crazy. And you know, Robert, uh, you're there in Chicago, but also you see what the Packers do today, and they got uh, two underrated pass rushers themselves uh, for their system. I think even more, like having an offensive line is always important, but even more so in the NFC North where Snacks Harrison got added to this division midway through last year. Not having an offensive line could very well, again, take this Vikings team down, and I think everyone's heads will explode if that happens. Yeah, and especially when you consider the fact that Zadarius Smith does a ton of his work on the inside, or at least he did in Baltimore. So they're going to use him on the interior in Green Bay in passing situations. So you're going to be looking at Mike Daniels and Zadarius Smith over your guards. And then you've got Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. I mean, it's really not a good situation, especially in that division. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I think that I I tweeted out that meme last year. I think they were looking at corner depth and looking away from offensive (laughs) linemen. I mean, at this point, if they end up trading Trey Trey Waynes, would you rule out them drafting a corner in the first round? Like, that's the type of thing that this franchise just seems to do. And, I don't know. Maybe they have another plan that is just a little bit different than we're seeing with how they're going to fix the offensive line, but it's not going to be easy. They've definitely created a hard road for themselves. So here's my thing. As a 4-3 outside linebacker in this scheme, I think the value of what Anthony Barr does now and what he's done for the last five years is it reaches a certain level. There's a ceiling to it. With $13.5 million and you brought up Everson Griffin. We don't know what his future holds. Allegedly, you know, he might be asked to restructure. Um, whether he takes that or not, still could potentially leave a hole um, on the edge. Do you see, are we finally going to see what took place during training camp last year now come to fruition where Anthony Barr is going up against offensive tackles more? And do you think that he's able to do that on a more consistent basis? Because it makes me wonder, taking a look at what his fit would have been in Greg Williams' system, which Adam Gase kind of alluded that it's not going to be Williams bringing his 4-3 defense with him, that they would stay in a 3-4 scheme. Can Barr handle that? Is he the type of player who can do that on a consistent basis if that's asked of him? I think they have to ask him to try. I mean, he definitely has a physical profile to do it, and he's done it well in the past. When he's been given opportunities to blitz and rush the passer, he's gotten it done. But you guys know it's 
been a lot of mug stuff in that Zimmer defense. He's on that edge occasionally, but it's not anywhere sort of even a part-time role. It's much more scattered than that. I feel like they have to try to use him there. Whether it can succeed, I don't know, but I do think that's the best way to get the most out of this contract now. And especially if you let Griffin go, then you really don't have any in-house options to try to slide in there, and you certainly don't have the money to go out and get another one. So, again, you, you said it, and in, in that defense is an outside linebacker. You reach a certain ceiling with your value, and especially when you're a liability in coverage like he has been. So I don't know if he can do it, but I know their best plan this year to get the most out of the contracts they've handed out is for him to line up there a lot more often than he has. Robert Mays of The Ringer joining us here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin talking about Anthony Barr returning. So, Robert, what, what's the other move that has uh, caught your eye here for these first couple days? You know, I... I remember the first time, the first year that they had this legal tampering period and I got all excited and I bought food and I just hunkered down at my computer and then nothing really happened until the Wednesday. And and this has been the exact opposite. There's been crazy deals flying left and right. So it's been lots of fun over these couple days. So what what have you been thinking about the most, the craziest move, the one that's caught your eye the most? I think there's just a collection of them. I think it's just all these players resetting the market at their position that aren't anywhere close to the best player at that position. You know, safety is a tiny bit different. Tyron Matthew and Landon Collins are both very good players. But guys like Quan Alexander, my dog just bit my leg, leave me alone. <laughs> guys like Quan Alexander, guys like Juwan James, you know, these are players that are fine, they're usable, uh, Trent Brown being the same thing. But they're not history-making players. But that's what makes this year different, is just there's so much money available and not enough top-end guys. And last year was kind of like this. You know, the, the cap has gone up 10 years or 10 million for the six, like six straight seasons. It, it, there was a lot of money and not a lot of players, but it wasn't like this. You weren't seeing guys reset the market at positions that didn't deserve to get it. And that's why it's just been so striking. I mean, there's been nothing depressed about this market. Last year, you know, the safeties weren't getting paid really. Everything else, there's nothing like that this year. Everybody is getting paid. The only thing we haven't really seen is what's going to happen with the running backs yet because Le'Veon Bell was the first domino to fall there, and it hasn't. But for the most part, these guys are getting a ton of money, and I think that's just the thing that's jumped out to me the most. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the running backs. Michael Thomas uh, from New Orleans Saints is uh, breaking news. It says, Mark Ingram about to pull an Anthony Barr, stay tuned, praying hands emoji, and a kind of a sad face. Uh, so that should be interesting to see what the heck's going to happen there. Uh, if Latavius Murray, you know, I don't know how that's going to happen. It seemed like that writing was on the wall for Latavius Murray to come in, Mark Ingram to go elsewhere, test his market. Anyways, um, that aside, you bring up the wide receivers and I take a look at the deals for what Devin Funches got. Uh, I know the Colts are spending money like it's going out of style uh, for the one year deal. And that makes sense when you have a lot of money, you can give out these bigger one year deals with it, you know, loaded with incentive, things like that. Adam Humphreys and what he got from the Titans. What does this do for Adam Thielen's market? Because to me, you shouldn't. if you're the Vikings, you shouldn't pay him right now because he doesn't have the leverage. He signed the deal he signed two years ago, and yes, you want to reward him, but you have other priorities. But this seems like it's going to only further drive up his price to, you know, whether it's this year or next offseason. Robert was killed by his dog. Did we, did we lose him there? We still got you, Robert. I think Robert. Sorry about that. I think that there's. I think there's a couple things in, in play here. One, you guys probably. I don't know if I'm wrong. You spend more time around him than I do. 
I'm not sure Adam Seaglin has the personality to really make a lot of problems for the Vikings this offseason if they don't pay him. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But he's the type of guy, and I assume that he'll kind of sit there and stay quiet for at least another offseason if they don't pay him. If, if he creates a little bit more noise than that, then it's a different conversation. But if that's the case, then I assume you just have to wait till next offseason because this is such a year-to-year league now, and there's so much flexibility that teams have with being able to cut guys with the cap expanding and everything else. I think that you have to just say, we'll figure this out later because they don't have the flexibility to do it now, especially if Barr comes back and especially if they try to address one more spot, even if they do do something like restructure Rudolph or ended up cutting Everson Griffin, it still feels like if you're trying to pay Adam Thielen anything close to what he's worth, there's no really way to do it because for the most part when you're doing that with guys, you're going to get their number down in year one with an extension, but how much further down can you get his number in order to give him new money and to actually give him something close to what he deserves? It just doesn't seem like there's a route to make that happen right now, considering how little wiggle room they have. Well, it's interesting, too. One of our, uh, Matt and I are getting completely blown up on social right now just with the show and everything else, and someone brings a good point. What if Anthony Barr is the replacement for Everson Griffin? I think that's a little far-fetched. He is built like a defensive end, but to take on that role full-time, I don't know if that's um, truly likely, but hey, I mean, that's some, throw it out. I mean, we're throwing everything else out right now. Yeah. It's crazy season, so maybe that's a possibility. Robert, isn't this fun? Are we having a good time so far? I'm having a great time with this free this agency. Is great. This is great. I feel like I we're in the NBA. Amazing. I can't believe Everson Griffin pulled an Adam Gase slash Bill Belichick 10 minutes before I was supposed to come on the show. It really couldn't have been better. Yeah, I, know, I, I, know. I do think it's probably a little far-fetched to say he's going to do that full-time, but couldn't you see him there on a majority of... I know this is a different... These are different... Classifying them as different than it used to be five years ago, but a traditional passing downs, couldn't you see him there a little bit more often just because of their personnel? Who on the roster right now would step into that other off-ball linebacker spot next to Kendricks if Barr was rushing the passer? have to be Eric Wilson, I guess. Yeah. It was really not a defined replacement right, right yeah, now. Right, yeah, right. It would have to be a rotation. Yeah. That's right. what I think. It's a rotation. You use sure. Wilson and you go get somebody else in the draft. Yeah, could so be. you think that I mean, if you want to use one of those early draft picks not on a pass rusher and you need to use that to rebuild your offensive line, is it worth having ever the drop off from whoever from Anthony Barr to whoever that like that rotational replacement is? Is that worth it? And I, I think that's the question you have to answer. Would you rather have an offensive lineman in the first round, Barr as a pass rusher in passing situations, and that drop off at that move linebacker spot? Is that the best calculus considering the resources you have right now? I can't answer that, but I can understand where someone would say the answer is yes. Robert, I'm so glad that you could come on, that our timing worked out really well for you to pop on and talk about this. And in my mind, I'm going to keep envisioning Anthony Barr meeting Greg Williams and then being like, nope, nope, change my mind. Not happening. Greg Williams is crazy. Not doing it. I wonder what that press conference is going to be like when you when someone inevitably asks, hey, what the yeah. heck happened with uh, Anthony Barr? It's going to be good. Well, Robert, we uh, love your work on The Ringer and glad that you could uh, come on by. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, man. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks. Uh, Robert Mays there from The Ringer. You can follow him on Twitter at Robert Mays. Very simple Twitter handle. That's great work. Just so, so many things here. Um, you know, just. I feel like we're multitasking to like the nth degree today. Well, yeah, it's I know, just it's a lot. Because I'm trying to keep up because there's like Le'Veon Bell rumors and the tweet that you saw about maybe Mark Ingram coming back to New Orleans and. 
lots going on right now. But there are just so many different things that come off of this Anthony Barr move. And the biggest one is how they're going to fix the offensive line now. And it seems to me that it has to be through the draft. But you bring up a great point is what does it mean for Everson Griffin? Like this is a domino that causes a lot of different things to have to change that we didn't really expect. So we'll take a break. We'll continue to discuss this. If you've got a thought, 651-646-8255 is the number to jump on Purple Daily. Uh, Sheldon Richardson got the contract he was looking for. We'll discuss when we come back. Also, if you missed it, Anthony Barr is back in Minnesota. So that's what's going on today here on Purple Daily. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. That's so cool. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. That's so cool. Uh, Pizza is on Anthony Barr for the Minnesota Vikings. When they return to OTAs, Ian Rappaport has the contract details. Five years, $67.5 million for Anthony Barr with incentives that can push it up to $77.5 million in guarantees. Ooh, boy, that is a chunk of cash. Courtney that Crum. they currently cannot pay him. They do not have this money right now. So the writing is on the wall for guys like Everson Griffin. It could be for Trey Waynes, possibly for Kyle Rudolph. There's something else that's going to happen, and it's probably going to happen today because by 3 o'clock tomorrow, if they're going to pay him this deal, they have to free up cap space, and they have less than $9 million to work with right now in 2019. Ooh. Not just pizza. Anthony Barr's buying everybody <laughs> steak and lobster for the entirety of training camp. That is a lot of money. That is a huge chunk of change. It isn't probably where I expected him to get to go if he was going to go into a 3-4 scheme and probably earn that type of money as a you know rushing outside linebacker, but it's close. That is very close. It's what That's kind of in the range of the market that I expected if he did stay with Minnesota, if they actually had the money right now to pay him. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. All right. I'm going to thesaurus.com, and I need to find more words for conflicted because that's how I feel about this. Yeah. Um collide, disturb, no, that's not quite right, very, clash, my opinions clash on this. My opinions have discord. Uh, They are uh, in disharmony right now, my opinions (laughs) on this. There is a mismatch of opinions. They are tangled. So that's what's happening to me because I just think he's very important to the defense. Is he $67 million over five years important to the defense? I I have a hard time... They were already hindered in free agency, given the guaranteed money that they gave out in 2018 and what that's done to their cap now. And we can talk about Kirk Cousins' contract all you want. They already had a lot of issues facing them in 2019 free agency. The contracts for Xavier Rhodes, a contract for Everson Griffin, Kyle Rudolph, Riley Reef, even. But now... They further hurt themselves here just in the terms of, you know, long-term flexibility that you have in free agency. So I expect some big moves to happen because this is not going to happen without that. And on top of that, it really shows you that the offensive line is not going to be addressed in free agency. Um, I'm going to make a reference here. If anyone gets it and tweets me, I will literally send you something like a hat or something. I feel like I'm in a real quiz a buck here. And I hope someone gets that reference. 
I don't. Um, I don't get it. I know. I'll explain it later. But if someone gets it, then thank you, and you're amazing. Uh, it's so people are sending draft sims. By the way, lots of offensive linemen now being taken, and that that points us to they have to take an offensive lineman in order to uh, have any offensive line whatsoever. I, mean, I just that, that's what's so difficult about this is that even moving Everson Griffin just makes space for this move, but it does not make enough space to sign anybody left like a Daryl Williams who's still out there or Roger Saffold who is still out there, and it also does not give them any space to add a receiver outside from the bottom of the barrel bargain basement. And receivers are getting pretty good cash. The Bills signed two receivers, and it's somewhere in the 8 to $11 million range for John Brown and for Cole Beasley. And those guys are not star receivers by any means. They're just solid. So if you're looking at guys like Jermaine Curse or Chris Hogan, players like that for receivers, which I still think is an important position for this team to fill, I don't know how they're affording him. We're looking at probably a Kendall Wright type of situation. So you can, Aldrick Robinson's a free agent. They, can, is, they yeah, can bring him right. back on a very low-key deal. But if they still are convinced that they're going to win with the defense, then I guess they had to do this. When I look at where they were at with defense last year, despite suffering a number of injuries across the board... I think that they could have schemed their way to a good defense and needed a lot more help around on offense. What this must mean is that they feel extremely confident that Gary Kubiak is the answer. Let's go to uh, Tyler here on the show on Purple Daily. What's up, Tyler? Hey, how's it going? Uh, you guys had talked about uh, like pushing the cap hit for Barr's contract, like kicking that can down the road a little bit. Is there a limit to how much of that they can do? Like, Could they put 90% of his contract in the like last two years of this and then use that as uh i guess cap flexibility or are they stuck paying him an x amount this season so thanks for the call tyler Uh, they can work the cap flexibility with him to have this not be 13 million dollar cap it to start but it's still going to be something i mean it's still going to be eight million nine million whatever and then they're kicking the ball down the road to make things even more difficult on them after next year. I think what you can do with the salary cap is, as Robert was saying, there's so much flexibility. All you keep doing is pushing money down and say, okay, we'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it later. The NFL is a win-now league. I understand that. And so so do many people. The Vikings certainly do too. Where if you have to make a drastic move like this to keep one of the staples of your defense, you're going to do it. It's just going to come at the cost of trying to, you know, you know, trying to trying to move more money down the line to be able to keep the players that you want right now, and then cutting ties with you know, kind of trimming the fat essentially of this roster when you have to in a year or two, and maybe that means for a guy like Everson Griffin converting his salary right now to a signing bonus and then deleting the next year of his contract so you can have an out. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things to do here, and with a guy like with um, Anthony Barr. You can lower his cap hit. You can give him a big, big, big signing bonus up front and lower that, but you're still eventually going to have to face what you owe him and you know what his cap hit is. I'm so happy because some people got it. And one of the accounts you'll love, VikesFan69, got the reference. There's a show called The Critic, which was by the makers of The Simpsons or people involved in writing The Simpsons. Oh, that, I, I remember that show. Do you remember show. this show? And... Uh, I bought all the DVDs when you could buy DVDs, and it's hilarious. And the mega millionaire guy on the show, Duke Phillips, is playing Scrabble, 
And he says, is quiz a buck a word? And it's like, no, quiz a buck is not a word. So he calls the dictionary and says, how much money to make quiz a buck a word? And then it's, well, what does it mean? Uh, it means a really tough situation. Okay, quiz a buck's a word. And then later in the show, someone says, boy, we're in a real quiz a buck. So you've got a hat you're ready to give this person? I'm just so happy. Well, multiple people got it, so now this is tough. But <laughs> I'm so happy about you all. Let's take uh, let's take another phone call, then we'll go to break here. John in Minneapolis. What's up, John? Hey, how's it going? Doing great, man. Hey, man, I'm just calling to vent about Rick Spielman and his decision-making. I don't know who's behind the signing. It's probably the GM, I guess, but um, it's just, he's, I don't know, he's, he's He's, I think he's a bad GM. All these uh, past decisions he's made the past few years. And, um, you know, first of all, they didn't even talk to uh, Kyle Rudolph about restructuring. So that's one thing. Um, and then, you know, now we don't have any cash back. So I just, you know, I'm just very uh, – my confidence is at all-time low in the Vikings, basically. So thanks, guys. I appreciate that, John. Is that justified, Courtney, you think? No, I don't think so. I think that Spielman does take a lot of heat for the way that this franchise has panned out and, you know, really hedging his bets on Kirk Cousins and that type of contract and, and knowing who Cousins was before that. So, yeah, of course, he takes a lot of heat for that. I don't know. I mean, for this type of decision, it's I'd be hard-pressed to believe that Mike Zimmer didn't have quite a bit of influence in saying, go get one of my guys. I'm not going to stand idle as my defense is ripped apart. The defense is the bread and butter of this team. That's how they want to build this team. That is how, as long as Mike Zimmer is here in Minnesota, they're going to continue to build this team. So I don't think you can place all the blame on Spielman. And I know a lot of people are saying that, okay, well, he put them in a bind with the cap situation. And, you know, the front office uh, didn't go after an offensive lineman last year and everything else that's part of that. But I don't think it's singular blame that you can place anywhere. I mean, maybe... It's still the tampering period. Free agency has not started. I'll be very curious to see how this does pan out tomorrow when everything becomes final. But beyond that, I mean, there's still a lot of time for things to happen. They still very well could get rid of Kyle Rudolph, get rid of Everson Griffin and Trey Waynes. I mean, it's all possible. So let's continue to have this conversation. We'll get your phone calls on the air. If you want to give us a buzz, 651-646-8255. We've got to take a quick break here. Zolgad joins the mix. We'll continue to have the Spielman conversation and whether this was the right move to bring Anthony Barr back to the Minnesota Vikings. You are listening to Purple Daily here on 1500. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. 